0: as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. Hello, everyone. Welcome to FDH Lounge mini-episode 1197. This is FDH Managing Partner Rick Morris here. We've got good friend, fellow FDH Lounge dignitary, and our go-to guy for all things hoops, Ben Chu with us here today, and we are going to be talking about. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks now, so we've had a chance to kind of let it kind of settle in as far as the media coverage, pop culture coverage, whatnot, of the passing of Kobe Bryant. Something that was obviously extremely uh, shocking. Uh, one one of the biggest uh, cultural earthquakes thus far uh, in the early 2020s, uh, as we're sitting here today in February. So. Ben Chu is actually the gentleman who first apprised me of this. Uh, I'm sitting here on a Sunday afternoon, just working on a few things, and get a text from him, and he had passed along the tweet from TMZ, and I just texted him back immediately and said, "Is this real?" And he's like, "I don't know. I'm looking to see if it is." And uh, subsequently, unfortunately, Ben, it was. But uh, so you are the one person who I know came to this news a little bit quicker than I did. Uh, how did you happen to stumble across it in the first place?
1: Well, Ha, <laughs> ha,
0: Yeah, and it's one of these things where, again, I don't know what it was in my head, but as I'm seeing the news, like, I didn't put two and two together on the geography. Like, a Calabasas helicopter crash, and my first thought was, what was he doing in the Caribbean? I forgot that was an area in California, and uh, that it was a thing. And then when it became clear that it was out there, again, it got substantiated in a relatively short order, uh, and it was one of those things, I know you and I talked about this as far as the day of it happening, that you contrast and compare a national event like the Pro Bowl to the NBA draft of 2009, which took place on the same day Michael Jackson passed away. On that day, I remember joking about this, that the ESPN people were probably walking around cattle prods, like, don't talk about MJ, tonight's about the draft, because like hardly anybody did, ESPN successfully put a bubble over the 2009 NBA draft. In the social media age, Ben... You can't do that you can't dictate what people are and are not going to be talking about People are going to be talking and thinking about the Kobe situation that day and there was nothing anybody could do about it. there wasn't any sort of Sure. That's right. mm mm-hmm. totally agree with that, and that's one of those things. You go back to the 96 draft, and I was at the Cavs draft party that night, and I remember my friend and I were aggrieved that the Cavs not, passed over not Kobe Bryant, but John Wallace. You, you think back to the time, and again, he had a world of potential. Jerry West saw it, and uh, again, made sure that they got him. All credit in the world to Jerry West. That's why he's one of the best in the history of the NBA at what he does, if not the best and he saw it and developed it, and again, this is one of these things where, uh, two points to what you said, one, about when it happened on a Sunday afternoon when most of us were off work, there's always people that are at work somewhere, but Sunday afternoon is about as light as it gets probably in society, and that had something to do with it, because a couple weeks back, I know this is not nearly the same thing on the celebrity scale, but uh, Rush being my favorite group of all time, and of course uh, you, Ben, with your Canadian blood, knowing full well how big they are north of the border. When Neil Peart's death broke late on a Friday afternoon, that evening it was all over social media. Again, a tiny scale compared to what we're talking about here, but nevertheless that, that people are getting off work, they're seeing it, they're digesting it, they're sharing their thoughts and their memories. Uh, but yeah, I mean, when it happened, you're right about that with Kobe. It would not have been the, the exact same moment in time if it had happened, say, at you know 2.30 on a Tuesday afternoon. I mean, it still would have been huge, but there was something to so many of us at that point in time being off work, relaxing, watching TV, whatever you do on a Sunday that helped make that moment what it was in terms of, I think, the way that it hit everybody. Yeah, I mean, the way that it played out, I mean, I have a couple different thoughts about what you just said there. One is, it strikes me that in terms of the way that it goes with the NBA, and, and being that it is uh, a newer major sport than uh, certainly MLB, which is the oldest one in this country, and even the NF, this is in the immediate math, like, most of the legends are still alive. It's one of those things where, you look at, it, like, not all of them, Wilt's gone and whatever, but you've got Bill Russell still here, you've got Kareem, you've got so many of them, and that they are now eulogizing Kobe. And you always thought that Kobe would be one of the ones, whenever they passed, eulogizing them. So there's, it's, it's jarring because the NBA hasn't had a lot of this. A lot of the NBA legends live into old age. Uh, particularly the most prominent ones. Uh, I mean, even Magic. I mean, look, we're, we're almost about 30 years on from that. Magic was one of the ones that people thought would be gone young once he got the HIV diagnosis in 1991. And in 2020, he's eulogizing Kobe Bryant. I mean, there's that's just one of the weird aspects of this. It seems more jarring in the NBA because legends don't tend to die young that much. Right, and I
1: think we've had-
0: Yes. Uh, um, uh, you would consider Reggie Lewis's death and Maya's death that you know even though he
1: didn't officially play in the NBA, he was drafted in that timeline. So it it's just really sort of it, it doesn't happen often, and it also doesn't happen to someone who is such a polarizing figure. I mean, as, that's not to downplay any of the other. Teams, no. I mean, no.
0: tell you what, I'm glad you mentioned Pistol Pete, one of my childhood heroes. Uh, I had read a thing, I think it was on the Ringer last week, where I was looking back to the 88 All-Star game in Chicago. Hard to believe that being the last time it was there, as they said in the article. That seems very weird. But, but that again, and we're going to talk subsequently about the Kobe thing All-Star weekend, but just for right now, I want to draw the comparison here. Really, really weird that part of the 88 All-Star game was a memorial to Pistol Pete, Uh, under similar circumstances. Again, a heart attack, undiagnosed deal, whatever. Uh, But but again, just perishing out of nowhere, essentially, and leaving people shocked and whatever. And he, again, from his game on the court, from his flair, from the things that he did, very Kobe-esque as far as leaving an impact on people, being a very memorable player to watch. So 32 years later, just a really odd parallel and another sad one. Right, Yeah, and that's one of those things, too, where the way that it ties in, I mean, this is not so much comparable to other sports deaths. I mean, it is in a way, but really larger sort of pop culture type things here when you go back over a period of time. I referenced Michael Jackson, and again, 2009 was sort of a mini-2016 as far as the number of legends who passed that year. I mean, the same day as Michael Jackson was Farrah Fawcett, so I mean, that kind of... Proves my point. There was a lot of legends in uh, two thousand nine, in two thousand sixteen. We remember Princess Di in ninety seven. This is one of the bigger ones. Or for anybody who's around like me for the uh, Challenger explosion of eighty six, I actually wasn't at a school thing at the time. It was going to be everybody gets together in the auditorium to watch it, and I can only imagine what that must have been like. But I think I was out at like driver ed or somewhere. I think I was in the car, and I found out about it when I got back there. So. When you talk about moments that you'll never forget, again, I was at my fantasy football draft in '97 with when Princess died. You truly never forget anything about where you are when these things break, and that's where, like I said, this is this is pretty much like beyond sports to just very memorable moments in life. And then additionally, something that I I think I first noticed this at the time in a Michael Jackson thing, because there were a lot of people that were. Wondering why people were so sad and everything like that, particularly for all, I mean, for whatever Kobe was polarizing for, Michael Jackson, that much more so because of the disturbing nature of what was alleged about him. And yet everyone was really kind of sad, and that's the, the thing I kind of came to in my own mind was you sort of you're mourning for a piece of yourself you were intertwined in these memories. we have memories of watching these things, and it's sort of a memory that you know, that that lingers in your head and then when that person's not here, it's not like it's taken away from you, but it's just that it's sort of just a reminder that you know we're all gonna die someday. these things were ephemeral, that happened then there's been a lot of water under the bridge since we remembered that particular thing so I think a lot of it just comes down to mourning for a piece of ourselves, the piece of ourselves that's intertwined with any of these celebrities. Sure,
1: and I think that's the same thing our own personal relationships with people as well in our everyday lives. And I think the thing that makes celebrities
0: Well, in terms of that, I wonder as well, in terms of how revered he was in L.A., and as so many people saying that he's their favorite Laker of all time, such that it, it kind of made it tough for LeBron the first year and a half there, really almost up until this point as far as sort of replacing Kobe, if you will, as the on-court face of the Lakers, because uh, they really haven't had a replacement since LeBron got there. But I wonder how much of that is tied up in the fact that they went on to win two titles and make another finals appearance post shaq Because a lot of people looked at that at the time, like I did, like Kobe kind of drove them out of there. That was the sense that I kind of had of it, that it was a war of wills, Kobe won, and you better back it up if you're going to do that. And he did back it up Because I, I wonder what his legacy would be as a Laker It would be, oh, he was great with Shaq and whatever But then egos got in the way The fact that they won two more titles later on I think is what allowed him Whether it's justified or not To point back and say, see, everything worked out the way it should have Right, I think the one thing we can also just you know With the end of his career is That he did play for one team for a really long time and it's not The whole scary. way true, yeah, and that's part of it I mean, as well. the argument, too, was that during that double check, it was discussion that Kobe was going to go to the Clippers and Kobe was trying
1: to work a deal with the Bulls at some point. So even he, at that point, I know for a vision of history, at this point, was someone who was looking to go somewhere
0: else. Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, and that, you know, it, it, the way that it kind of gets painted because he didn't is that there might have been temptation, but he never gave in to the temptation, and that's the way that history has kind of read it out and uh again just a really incredible legacy that he had on court uh really starting to do a lot of stuff off court the last couple of years and uh again just uh it it was really a thing where the outpouring that there was 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 really kind of reflective of that again from the sports world but far beyond and being noted in in, in so many different uh corners And just ongoing for really a couple of weeks. I mean, something that overshadowed probably the first two thirds of Super Bowl week, which is almost impossible to do in the sports world. Because you know, if anybody lets out flatulence at 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 the Super Bowl press conference, that's a 48-hour story. But you know, there was basically nothing the early part of the week, uh, whether it was out of respect for him or just the reality that uh, it was going to kind of overshadow things, anyways. And, uh, yeah, it's a story that really kind of kept going and going and going for the first week or two. Like you said, it kind of built to the first home game back at Staples. They postponed what would have been the first home game at Staples that Tuesday night against the Clippers. And uh, that is going to be very uh, emotional uh, when those two teams uh, meet at any point in time there, as it would have been anyways, but just a little bit more weight uh, because of what Kobe meant to the entire city in terms of L.A. basketball. And, uh, again, it was just uh, really the the kind of thing that is very, very rare in in overall pop culture. Again, not just basketball, not just sports, but that's one of those things where the shock and the grief just kind of kept rolling in waves publicly for quite some period of time. We're coming off of the All-Star weekend that I thought was going to kind of cap it in a lot of ways, but we're still about a week out from the official memorial, 224, uh, trying to time it for, you know, in, in, in honor of his number uh, there. But this is one of these things where, again, the number of people who could command something like this on God's green earth, you, you could almost count on one hand, really. Right, and uh... Yeah, and that's one of those things where when you look at it again, I was certainly never a Kobe honk uh, in any way. A Good part of uh, his career, uh, he was one of the guys standing in the way, uh, at least potentially, of my Cavs winning a championship. So uh, there was that. There was. I've never really rooted for the Lakers unless they're playing the Celtics in the finals because I really hate the Celtics. But you know, other than that, I, again, never been a Kobe honk. But I'm very, very pleased. That, in the aftermath of this, there has been so little you know you 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 basically said polarizing uh obviously in in a lot of ways, what we're referring to here is the outcome of the two thousand three case in Colorado, uh which was a real turning point for him and for his career, and also I think his personal life i'm I'm pleased that there was a backlash against anybody that tried to raise that at this time because uh, it, it really didn't seem respectful and, and to, to do that in, in any form or fashion. And I think, and this is just my interpretation of things, you talk about things, again, that what was a uh, amusing and kind of heartwarming meme of him and his daughter at a the game a couple weeks before, now is just incredibly sad to look at. But it's one of those things where everyone talks about what a great father he was to all of his daughters. And what I take from that is, because uh, again, there was, there was wrongdoing on whatever level at the time. We don't know the legal facts of the case, we may never know, but Dude was married and his wife was publicly humiliated. So on some level, there's indisputably wrongdoing. It seems like he, as a father of nothing but daughters, didn't have any sons, took that, rededicated himself, and tried to set a good example for his daughters. And you can't help but respect that. Right. Yeah, and that's the thing, too, where, again, nobody was saying in the end that Kobe was a saint. The whole thing about mama mentality was basically acknowledging that there were a lot of people out there at any given point in time uh, that didn't like this guy for his competitiveness and whatever. So he wasn't being misrepresented in a positive sense. He was being presented, I think, as the complicated figure uh, that he was, but Steve, people were still incredibly saddened, and understandably so. It'd be one thing if he were being misrepresented as a saint. I didn't see anybody doing that, so yeah, there wasn't a call for no, the few... You know what I mean? Especially with this, uh, that's why, again, and, and especially with cases like
1: that, it's very important because you don't want a victim blame, you don't want a victim shame. You also don't want to um, deal with, you,
0: it, it's tougher because of the repercussions of these things in regards to sexual assault. Right. agree with that, and in terms of looking at how yeah, this... I would I like to hold the reference for it in most people, because there are always specific outliers in any situation.
1: I'm just making sure that those are getting cut
0: in pieces somewhere. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Duly noted on that, and, and yeah, these matters a lot of times can be complicated. Another thing that is going to be complicated, and you know, for as much as it seems crass to want to evaluate how this is going to affect things on court going forward, uh, it's an inescapable part of the story. It really is. And you and I have talked about this a little bit off-air, and you would know that there's not much precedent for a team being able to leverage something like this in, in in the positive sense of being able to play your way to a championship. Me as a Red Wings fan, the first thing I think of is ninety-eight. Uh, dedicating the season to Konstantinov and the two others in the uh, limo accident, and uh, again, successfully doing it. That's the one thing that kind of jumps to mind. I do think as well as, you know, there are, again, not too many times in the world of sports when you can think of that being the case. And this is something where, I mean, in a way, this is, and this is not in the way that LeBron or anybody would have wanted it, but I think this kind of uh, gets the whole thing off of his back as far as not being regarded as a worthy successor to Kobe, or you're trying to erase Kobe by being here. Now that Kobe's not around anymore, I don't think LeBron is going to be getting any of that, and I think that the Kobe fans appreciate uh, the way that LeBron has, has tried to sort of put this situation on his back and use it to try to get whatever you can out of it positively, win a championship, which is what Kobe would have wanted to come out of this, certainly if this was going to happen to him. But when you look at it here, uh, again, they are one of the prime contenders in the Western Conference. I would regard them as probably still the favorites at this point. And you and I are about to record a separate sort of NBA analysis of the moment right now. But just as far as isolating it to this particular thing, your thoughts on what this tragedy might do with them the rest of the season here because one way or another it's not going to play out the way it would have otherwise. This being a factor is either going to help motivate them more or help hold them back. There's no in the middle to me.
1: Right, I agree.
0: Yeah, it probably is, yeah, before they kind of get their legs underneath them, because you're right about that. Denver is still uh, a developing team. Utah, Dallas, even though they're ahead of schedule, obviously they're still developing. Uh, The Clippers uh, are are kind of a different story, because like the Lakers, they were basically quick-assembled to be champions right now, and indeed they possibly can be, and there are a lot of us that have seen that as the likely Western Conference Finals the whole time and and still see that as the case going forward. I will ask you this, if it comes to this, that particularly now, because again, we, we saw what happened opening night when without the backdrop of any of this, the Clippers were still booed in their own building against the Lakers, uh, and that it doesn't matter who is technically the home team in any of these games in L.A., do you buy the scenario a lot of people are talking about, and especially now with the passing of Kobe adding extra emotion to it, That if it's the Western Conference Finals at Staples, every one of those games will be a de facto home game for the Lakers?
1: I think it will be,
0: yeah. Okay. been consistent on that point the whole way and uh, it is interesting to look at in light of what happened here but yeah a fascinating story a sad story with the passing of Kobe Bryant and uh, again uh, there's nobody better to break it down with nobody better to get insights from than good friend and longtime FDH lounge dignitary Ben Chu. Ben thank you so much for being a part of the discussion today. a mentality, bro, and uh, thank you everybody for tuning in to FDH Lounge Mini Episode 1197.